welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Pinion. Pop Pinion. Did you already look? Yes. Just then say it, episode. 82. I know, it's my new thing, guys. I just cheat. Yeah, that's nice. I wish yeah. my handwriting was like, I feel like my handwriting's gotten better so that you can read it a bit better. Yeah, well, you also make the 82 big. Because well, I, I like know it. Well, usually I do it for the Joe show because it's like we're at like 144 or something. Wow. So it's hard to, not hard to remember. Like I'm not saying I've done so many episodes. No, I just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't always, I'm not like every day waking up. All right. 145th episode this right. week. Yeah. That's fair. More of a habit than anything. And yeah. also to when I go back and look into the notes like I had to do this week. Right. Then it's easier to be I like. I know. I was like, God, I don't know if I've done these movies before, yeah. but I was like, ah, whatever. The combo can't be exactly the same. I'm thinking. Hopefully. <laughs> You're going to be like, and we've already done that one. Oh, well. Hey, you also like don't keep your, you like change your notebooks a lot. So this one I'm going to keep for a while. I like it. It's got a hard cover. It's big. Gives me lots of room. I really like this one. I just don't think I found the one I liked and this one I like. Man, I'm almost, I want to, I'm going to go back and I guess we should just, how are you doing? I'm okay. Marley just had her checkup at her vet and she, for a 12 year old dog, he was very impressed with her mobility and everything. And I have to say, I, what a relief today. I was so stressed out because she is like, I mean, she's getting older and there's signs that she's getting older, but he was really impressed with, especially with a lab type dog, hips and knees and stuff like that. But he was like really impressed. So it was just a relief. It was just one of those like, oh, okay. And then they come with the bill and you're like, yeah, it's okay. It's worth every penny to keep this dog healthy as long as possible. So yeah, no, good. How are you? How's your new job, Jack? It is fun so far. Yeah. I've done one restaurant shift, one event shift. I think there's going to be a lot more event shifts during the summer, but it's also the last week of school. So oh, okay. I'm kind of feeling this like, I know I just started this new job, but I am starting to look at industry jobs well yeah like this is yeah for sure that's no one would fault you for that like you don't want to be working a restaurant as a server the rest of your life not that there's anything wrong with it but you've gone to school to be a sports journalist yeah. so well a journalist i just like sports. oh oh i thought it was sports journalist no well like that's what that's I want. what you like yeah yeah that's what you want to do i i'm going to end up with a journalism diploma with a specialization in sports and nice. entertainment yes i like it we got one one specialization course and well i guess it was only two years but yeah it's a little little existentially again yeah i feel like i've said that a few times but this well, is where it just becomes like real like next monday like I'll still be I'll still be working, but like looking for another job. And yeah. I mean, hopefully soon. Yeah, I that'd be great. Find something. Right. I'll put you in my wishes. You, you know, eleven eleven comes along, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to wish for. I'm pretty happy. You know, sometimes I can't think of a wish, so then I just say like, I hope everyone stays happy and healthy. And then sometimes at eleven eleven, I get specific. So, but I can't tell you what I wish for today. But the other day when I had to go to the dentist on Monday. You wished for the dentist to be good? Yeah, I did. And you know what? It worked. Like it wasn't it wasn't as bad. My mouth is actually still two days later, still a little bit sore, but I was in the chair for two hours. So I was gonna say, didn't you also have to get more than just like a Yeah, cleaning? yeah. Like I had a cleaning and then I had to get a tooth fixed. So it was like drilling and freezing and and then, you know. Hey, I gotta go. I gotta go Monday. I know, Monday. 
Murphy. It's your first day of being an adult. What do you get to do? Go to the, the dentist. dentist. <laughs> I haven't gone for a while. I know. I'm like, get in there before the school ends. <laughs> we have to pay for it. Meg hasn't been either in years because it's like, it's expensive. I don't know how people do it without insurance. So, yeah. Anyways, let's do it. And your reward for going to the dentist is we watched one of the movies together, which... Yes, which cool. made me happy. Yeah, so our IMC for this week, Devil Wears Prada, which we all watched together. Yes. And one of, I would say, my... Funny enough, I should have put it as a comfort movie. I thought of another comfort movie. This is where I leave you. How did I not put that one? I Damn. love that movie. That's even like I look at the top 10, our top 10 favorite movies ever. And I'm like, hey, I would probably change things now. I know. It's so weird how that happens, right? Yeah, Dodgeball is definitely one of those comfort, comfort movies, movies. So I'm excited to see what you thought about it. And then we're bringing back all the way back from episode 69. I had to look back to oh, okay. look back through my notes. Stream theater DVD. Yeah, I like this one. It's just, it's a fun, like. It's just fun. Start bench cut, and it's better than one's got to go because that just feels mean. I have a really hard time with it. You know that. Yeah. So this this way, everything gets a category. Everything gets a category. It's just some might be you just yeah. And you talk yourself into like none of them are necessarily bad. No, no, not at all. I think there's one, there's one out of the three that like you're putting the not as great movie in that spot. DVD. Yeah. Yeah, because it's more effort. And yeah, like no one. No one really has DVDs. Although I do one day want, even though like Marvel movies do like stream, I would want to get like the 4K Blu-ray. Well, because then you get bonus scenes and you get you get so much more. Like I don't know why people don't like them because you get more with it. Just just for maybe your favorite movies, you could have them. But yeah, so I, all the MCU movies, right? We'll just start collecting now. And Star Wars and there's yeah. there's I could build a collection. Yeah, I think it'd be nice to have. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, before before we get into what b- before our IMC or Stream Theater DVD, I wanted to talk quickly. Okay. About the Thor: Love and Thunder trailer. Yes. Something that was teased in even an interview, or might have just been a picture with Taika Waititi, Chris Hemsworth, and Tessa Thompson. I think it was the three of them. They were all holding up numbers, which everyone said, "Okay, so it's gonna come." If what they were signaling was right, it was 041822. Like they okay. were all holding up those numbers in some, I don't know if it was 22, but it might have just been 418, which four, right? We're in yeah. April. So that was their teaser. And this is a teaser trailer. I, I don't think it showed necessarily a it lot. It wasn't a full trailer? No. There's, mm. So there'll be, I assume, one more. Okay. And I also feel like. About a couple weeks away from Doctor Strange, I'm sure we'll, we'll get one final trailer. Yeah. Just to really get everybody excited. I know. We go see that soon. I know. Like I have to take weeks, that off of work. It? Yeah, you do. Because I forgot. But I'll talk to them this week. Yeah. Um, like, I have an appointment. Oh, no. I'm going to tell them it's for Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not missing Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. The yeah. night before it comes out. Um, it was... The only part that about that trailer that did concern me a little bit is if it's going to try to be too much like Ragnarok because okay. I want it to be its own thing. Right. And I think the story is going to be a lot different because this is Thor. I mean, Love and Thunder. It's going to be him stepping away from fighting. And at the I'm assuming because the, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't imagine they're in the movie very much. Right. No, I don't think so. I think it'll be a quick little... It, they'll little be a- the beginning uh, I don't know. Yeah. cameo yeah that's a good word for it and 
during the trailer, I think my favorite part was, I assume we're going to get some kind of flashback to Thor getting back into shape. Yes. Which he he was um, doing like the ropes with uh, yeah. with chains. So right. I hope we get, especially because this is very like, you could tell stylistically, it's very like 80s kind of like vibe. Yeah, it does seem like that. So I feel like we'll get like a training montage of him because even he's wearing a hat that's the strongest Avenger. Okay, yeah. So I... It looked funny too already. Yeah. Like the trailer made me laugh, which I was like, yes. And they kind of, I think very... I don't want to say rightly isn't the right word, but I think they did a very good job of making this look like this fun and happy and everyone it's sunshine and rainbows and they're showing new Asgard, but there's still the villain that Mm. we've just ignored, ignored. And I think for the right reasons, like going back to like origin story from the comics, it's uh, Gore, the God butcher. Okay. Who is played by Christian Bale. Ooh. That'd be good. Yeah. So he's known as the God Butcher because he, as a kid, would pray a lot to the gods to help him because he lived such a difficult life and they just always ignored him. So then he made it his quest to kill all the gods. Gods. Okay. So it is going to be the same lighthearted, but then we're going to have this villain, especially because it's going to be this whole you know, I'm done with fighting and I'm just going to go live my life. And then the God Butcher, especially that they're showing Mount Olympus and they showed Zeus. Mm-hmm. Maybe could be someone like Hercules could be a part of it. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot up in the air with it. I like it. And that comes out in July. Yeah, July 8th. And you're seeing it without me. Because? Well, I'll be in Europe. Why don't you go see it? You should try to go see it. I know. Like, Actually, because I'm with my friend who's just as obsessed with Marvel. I think that and would be I think if super we could, cool. Well, we can't when we're on our riverboat cruise, but when we get off, I mean, we have to go see Coldplay the first night, but then we have the oh. second night free. So maybe we could go. But what, is that like? No, that would be like. After it come out? Like the 13th. Oh. As, we I mean, as, we're on the we're on the cruise. That's oh, not, I just didn't know if there was more like stops before then, or if that's just like we stop, but we're like you get off the boat and you do something for like you go a couple to, hours. Yeah, you go to a winery, you go see some castles, you go on a hike. So it's not like let's go see a movie. No, let's not go to the winery in this beautiful place in Europe. Let's go see <laughs> Thor. And, and also, like, I wonder if it's even in English. Yeah, like, it might be yeah, in German. It might be. Yeah, it's German, right? Yeah, that's where well, we are going to Germany. Yeah. Like for the two days. Yeah. We'll see. You never know. That would be like really cool. I would, I would right? be excited for you to come back and be like, yeah, we saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Well, I'm going to like, if it comes out July 8th, I'm going July 7th. I know you are. And I'm happy for you. Even I'll go to a 10 o'clock show. Like I right. have no concern whatsoever. I just, it's the same with Doctor Strange. I'm just like focused on, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. I know. We go May 5th. Happy birthday, Lisa. It's her birthday. And it's also Cinco de Mayo. So we'll have a nice little... Ooh, I might not be able to get that off. Uh-oh. I'll try. Oh, that's true. You work at a taco place. Oh, Maybe. sorry. Real real time yeah. uh-oh moment here. I'll, I'll talk to them. Even if I have to like work until the movie, I don't care. Yeah. Right. I'll figure it I out. don't think you should tell him it's a movie. You're going to see. But where else am I going at seven, seven o'clock? o'clock? You are going to an appointment. Yeah. What place is open? That's all you have to say is an appointment because it's an appointment with the theater. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Or say something else. Somebody else. I don't know. We'll come up with something. I just don't think you should say a movie because I think they're going to be like, ah, no. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the Harry Potter thing got approved. Like July 2nd. Oh, good. You already did that? No. Sweet. I forgot about Doctor Strange. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. Figure it out. All right. uh, I guess let's rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. shoot. I won again. I don't think I win ever. I won. Um, I'm going to go. Okay. Okay. So Jack made me watch. No, I don't like when I say made me, but challenged. challenged me to watch Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Um, was in 2004 and sorry, let me get the and directed and written by Rawson Marshall Thurber. Thurber. Sure. Um, so, I mean, the cast, I wouldn't even be able to tell you everyone's in it, okay? But I'll tell you the main people. Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Christine Taylor, Justin Long, Stephen Root, uh, Chris Williams. So, it's Ben Stiller has a... It starts with Ben Stiller in his gym. Yeah. So, he owns this, like, fancy gym. Globo? Globo? Globo gym? Yeah. And it's... <laughs> It's a hard movie because he's just so ridiculous. Like, he's so, hey, you want to come to this gym? Like, he's just so ridiculous. So we see him, and he's filming this commercial. And then we see Vince Vaughn. And he's in this, like, I don't know, like, messy kind of apartment. Kind of a just, ah, I got to go to work, whatever. So he also works at a gym, but it's called Average Joe Gym. And it is average joe i would actually say it's even maybe a little below that below average joe below average um the equipment doesn't it's not great ever but everyone there's just something about the energy in his gym like everyone's kind of friendly the other, the other gym like ben stiller's is a little bit hoity-toity um so we meet we meet these two characters then vince vaughn is told by christine taylor which fyi it is ben stiller's real life wife oh yeah. So that makes the that makes their relationship in the even movie fun- even funnier. Yeah, totally. So Vince Vaughn needs fifty thousand dollars to save his gym. So he doesn't have fifty thousand dollars. I don't even think he has five dollars. Um, yeah, because even when he's first going to the gym, he has to get other people to push his car. Yes, because he runs out like he's out of gas. Yeah, so they're pushing, and he's like, "Right here, guys!" Like Vince Vaughn is just one of those people you want to see in every comedian like comedy like he's just so funny i'm sure directors just let him go too because he's just quick he's witty and he's funny and he's so good it doesn't seem like he scripted that much no he just let him let him loose um i i put on here video there's a school instructional video and it's made from the 50s but i can't remember why i so it's a lot like it is very like like it's going through the rules of dodgeball and they go through one of the oh, superstars right. whose name is now escaping me, but it's like something like it's, it's the guy in the wheelchair patches, 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 yeah. O'Houlihan. Yeah. And they're going through all like the rules of dodgeball. So because he needs this $50,000, yes. that's when Steven root has this magazine of like, Hey, if we enter yes. the Las Vegas dodgeball tournament, the grand prize is $50,000. So they get together the ragtag team of Vince Vaughn, Justin Long, who's like a high school kid. Yeah. That, which is, no. Not definitely not allowed. No. Uh there's Steve the Pirate. Yeah. Steven Root who has a wife that hates him. Yes. Like uh, outwardly despises well, him. Well, he she's a mail order bride. Yep. Uh Chris said, Williams. 
Marcus Williams. He's the black guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's yeah, I do, I do remember. And then there's like another nerdy guy that I'm now forgetting too. Yeah. Who like falls in love with a girl from the other team. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. So they're learning from Patches O'Houlihan, and I don't think I don't know if you wrote down, but the one of like the most iconic things from this is the five D's of dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. And it's like dip dive something di- and like dodge is like repeated right even though it's the five d's of dodgeball <laughs> right. dodges twice <laughs> and so patch the hulahan starts to like train them they have this um qualifier yeah where they have to play the this little girl scout team so these girls walk in and it's so great because they're just young they're probably all like 10 to 12 years old and they walk in in slow motion and they end up losing to these girls because yeah. they are they're fierce especially because it's supposed to be it's the sports movie of like oh so they're they're gonna win and they're gonna get into the tournament yeah so all of a sudden it's like you lose and you're like what well where's it gonna go now but then they all of a sudden they get the girl scout team gets eliminated because of doping yes <laughs> so it's the this like one girl that looks like Barry Bonds. Yeah, she's massive and the and I'm pretty sure she's the one that like tests positive yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So they get eliminated. And they get to go to the tournament. Yeah. So then now Rip Torn is Patches. That's Rip Torn is his like real name. He plays Patches and he starts starts training them and he's in this wheelchair and he's mean but funny. Like he's just one of those like I. It's one I, of he's like old. He's like an old, old guy. school. Yeah. Very old school, right? Um. And he's not. He doesn't like sugarcoat anything no. for them. Like he's never like good job. He's like you can do better. You I don't know. And then he'll say something. There's explicit. a lot of like thing. your shit yeah. or whatever yeah um if you could dodge a wrench you could dodge a ball <laughs> right and he just throws, throws wrenches, wrenches at them hits and... justin long in the face yeah if you can uh if you can dodge traffic you could dodge a ball <laughs> in which they have to run go. through oncoming traffic <laughs> aren't they blindfolded too or something no that's oh no that was they, he does blindfold them and i think he throws more wrenches at them yeah yeah no it's pretty funny so then they um so then this whole time like Ben Stiller has sent over this cutout and he's video he can or he can see the eyes are a camera so he knows everything that's going on so then he enters the tournament of course as well and him and Vince Vaughn are both trying to court Christine Taylor yeah. who's the but accountant she, she doesn't like Ben Stiller I don't think there's any point in, in the movie where she's like hmm, maybe him like she's like no nah, I'm good um, but he continues to try to court her, especially that he's, um, originally she's like, uh, it's white Goodman. I'm pretty sure. Right. Okay. There's Ben Stiller. Yeah. yeah. She's his accountant. Yeah. And then he wants to date her. She's like, oh, you know, that's a conflict of interest. He's like, oh, I'll just fire you then. Right. Then it won't be a conflict of interest. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they end up finding out that she can actually, so she used to play softball, like, pretty high up i guess in university or whatever so she ends up being on the team as well because she can actually throw a ball like she can actually do it you can tell it's her doing it too i'm like that's impressive like she does the underhand the swirly underhand toss or whatever like like, a softball like pitch yeah it's good so they go to this tournament and this is probably my favorite part and they get their box of uniforms and it's all like SM like outfits. So they're out there and they're in these like leather, like chains and leather. Someone's like, like has a ball, ball game. <laughs> it's just like it's so inappropriate. But they end up winning that game. And then they go backstage and there's this 
clearly S&M people, but they're in their uniform. So it looks like it's just so funny. And they're and like, then, okay. And Vince Vaughn, I think, is wearing like a necklace that says daddy, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, are you daddy? And yeah. he like hands him the necklace. Yeah. He's funny. The teams they have in this oh, tournament it's... are so ridiculous. They have like the Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks, yeah. Uh, I don't want to... I'm pretty sure they called them the kamikazes. Yeah, I don't remember that. They were a bunch of, uh, like, Asian guys in, like, diapers. Yes. Not diapers, but they they looked like diapers, and they were, like, like, slapping each other on their stomach. Yeah, small wrestler, but smaller. There's a German team. Yeah. Which, um, they have a picture of David Hasselhoff. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just, like, the shrine to the team. Right. I'm trying to think of some of the other teams. Yeah, I should have written that down because that was actually a really funny montage of like, you know, the different teams they had to. I'm pretty sure there was like some break dancing team or something. Oh, there was like a hip hoppy team or whatever. Yeah. You have such a good memory. Oh, my God. I just watched it and I don't even remember. I also just I just love this movie. Yeah. And I think a a surprising slub plot. I think everyone could tell this isn't a very serious movie. Oh, no, no. in or they need to get this fifty thousand dollars because if they don't, Globo Jim and Ben Stiller is gonna buy them and turn Average Joe's into a parking lot. Right. Yeah. So they have all this motivation and they set it up like a sports movie. They're on this collision course to play in the finals. And yes. Uh, Average Joe's is winning games. They shouldn't. And yeah. They're making these comebacks and it is very sports movie ish. It is for sure. And then I- they go to the commentators. Oh, the commentators. So now we have Jason Bateman. And, ooh, what is his name? I know him from The Good Wife, and I can't think of his name. I'm checking now because... Um, and Jason Bateman is solid gold in this, of course, because he always is. But he doesn't really know what's going on. He kind of plays like a surfer, kind of like, you know... I don't uh, Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Gary Cole, who's Cotton McKnight. Yeah. And then Jason Bateman, who's Pepper Brooks. <laughs> yeah. And like... And Gary Cole is like the button. The, yeah, like, like he's taking it. He's taking his job seriously. And Jason Bateman's like kind of leaning down. And he's like, his hair's all messy. And he's and like, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Yeah. So they're really funny. And then, um, so they're in Vegas, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. And then a sign falls on patches. Oh, yeah. oh, and this is like, not a pretty like. I think they win like their first round. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna go we're gonna go get hookers yeah yeah and then the sign falls on him and then patches is gone yeah patches <laughs> like is just gone he's out but they continue to win and then vince vaughn gets offered the fifty thousand to save his gym or to walk away no a hundred thousand to walk away and so he does well that's what the team thinks of course because this is that movie magic of yeah. like they show up and they don't have enough players so yeah we're going this is this is the, championship game yeah and Vince Vaughn is in in an airport. He took the bunny and he left the team. I'm pretty sure Justin Long also has this like subplot where like he has to go to like some cheerleading thing. Yeah. So he goes to some cheerleading thing and gets back. But he likes the cheerleader on this team and she has a douchey boyfriend. Who breaks every bone in his body out of falling out of a roller coaster. Because someone said it too on the team. Maybe he'll go on because they're like, oh, they're going to roller coaster. And the guy was like, maybe he'll fall out and break every bone in his body. And then he did. And then he does. Uh, Steve the pirate goes through an existential yes. crisis and realizes he shouldn't be a pirate anymore. Well, he kind of, somebody said something. I yeah. think it's Vince Vaughn. He was like, you're not a pirate. Like, stop or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think as unconventional as this movie is, I think this is also something I told you I want to do at some point, 
when we talk about things not aging well, Vince yeah. Vaughn is sitting in the airport bar, and who who walks up and approaches him to give him this pep talk? Who is that? Lance Armstrong. Oh, yeah. That's who right. talks about how he had testicular cancer, cancer, and he worked through that through and it. came back and yeah. won five straight Tour de France's, which we now know have been stripped because he was doping. Yes. Um, one of my favorite movie, re- or not movie references, but... In, uh, I think it's the first Ted movie. Joel McHale's in that, and he plays kind of a douche. He has Lance Armstrong's testicle, oh, like bronze. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Lance Armstrong As one does. Yeah. Lance Armstrong gives him this pep talk of, like, you know, Doug, persevere, don't give up on the team or whatever. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, so he'll come back, whatever. And he does. You get into this championship game, and then you have the two because, uh, Ben Stiller brought in this like ringer girl who was like this amazing dodgeballer. Yeah, yeah, with a unibrow. Yeah, and she falls like her and one of the guys on the team fall in love, so they can't like right away. They're out like right away yeah, as yeah. soon as it starts because they're just staring at each other. Yeah. And for sports movies, it, it goes pretty cliche as you can go. Yeah, I don't think we're like spoiling anything by saying what happens at the end. To me, it's kind of like important to not important to the story but but it's just for yeah. the conversation so yeah. back and forth and then it's i actually do like the rule where if someone's out they wait on this like little circle so if you catch it then yeah. the other person comes we back used in. to have that too when we played with the kids but it was always the last person out otherwise you would just pick your next best player and then other people would sit on the bench forever that aren't maybe as good so it was always the last player out gets to come back in mm-hmm uh, I also forgot the way. So when Vince Vaughn shows up, they're they're done. It's over. They're yeah, getting they're the trophy. like we can't. Yeah, you guys, you had to forfeit. You didn't have enough players. And then Vince Vaughn go. And then I think it's Stephen Root or someone's like, well, actually, if you check the rule book, yeah. the judges can vote, <laughs> and you can see like they can say if we could play or not. So the first one goes thumbs up, but yeah. the girl goes thumbs down, and they go to the third judge, and it's Chuck Norris, right? Which again <laughs> just adds to the absurdity of this right. movie, and it's he a, puts a thumbs up, and yeah. then Vince Vaughn. It's funny, one of those like I know he just said it, but it just if you watch this clip of him going. Thank you, Chuck Norris. Right. It's really weird. Right. Yeah. Because he's like quiet. Like he's almost like saying it to himself. But yeah. obviously it's it's enough for the movie. Yeah. And we get into this one-on-one showdown. One-on-one. Which, of course, you have to do it this way. Of course. Uh, Patches gives uh, Vince Vaughn before this his scarf. Yeah, it's a scarf. And he puts it on and they have to go back to back. And Ben Stiller was like, oh, well, you're going to you're just giving up now. Yeah. So he's covering his eyes. So he's doing like a karate or a, like a Jedi, whatever he's yeah. going to do. And it works. Yeah. They both pick up. They I think they both turn and pick up. Or are they turned backwards? No, they I think they're facing, they're each, facing other. each other. Yeah. So they both pick up the balls. Ben Stiller throws it. And again, like the Matrix, Oof. like right by his head. Yeah. And then Vince Vaughn hits him in, like, the chest and yeah. sends him flying 10 feet. And they won. So you're thinking, ah, oh, cool, they won. Woohoo, celebration. Yeah. Until, honestly, better than winning, Vince Vaughn took the $100,000 right. that he was bribed with. Yeah. Bet on average Joes to win. Yeah. And then it turns into a second of, okay, so I, I bet all of our money on us to win at these odds. How much money did we get? Someone's like 100000 And then it's, like, over a million i'm pretty sure yeah so then they buy a globo gym they fix up their gym but not in a in a poshy way no just like a nice like it's nicer equipment because then he does the commercial of like if you're trying to work out just come on down man like it's not not a big deal 
it's casual. But then Ben Stiller goes on, I don't know, I just a spiral, and he's because he also like used to be fat. Yes, and yes. And then worked out like right. Yeah. So at the very end, he's like sitting there eating, and he's huge, and he's just eating everything in sight. Should have been me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was cute and it was fun and that's it was it was a good choice. One of one of my favorite movies cuz yeah. it's one you can just pop on cuz it's not like you're going to fall behind in the plot. No, no, you're it is good. It's very straightforward. And it's funny. Yeah. I know and I know you love Vince Vaughn. Love Vince Vaughn. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My movie was The Devil Wears Prada. Jack was not thrilled about watching this. So no. I I'm curious. I was I was proven wrong. It's directed by David Frankel, and it is about a recent graduate, Andy, played by Anne Hathaway, who gets a job at fashion magazine Runway. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned after this movie that Runway is not. I thought it was real. Oh no, made up. Uh, and she becomes an assistant under Miranda Priestly, played by Meryl Streep, and she works with Emily, who's played by Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. She's the first assistant, and Anne Hathaway's the second. Yes, which and just... she makes it very known. Yes, <laughs> uh, as she enters the fashion journalism world again, something that comes close to home. She's a journalism graduate. Yeah, and she does not care about the fashion world. No, but she gets a job opportunity, so she takes it. And she knows that this job would open other doors for her. So it's like what she has to do, even though she does not care about fashion. It's very evident in the very opening montage right? so yeah this opening montage it's uh <laughs> suddenly i see which is a very like suddenly i, I see, see. <laughs> while everyone's getting ready so we get a get ready montage and it's all these girls getting ready and then and hathaway is getting ready and every they're all getting ready in very different ways yes. these girls are putting on heels and skirts and dresses doing their hair makeup yeah and hathaway is putting on like a sweater over a button down and some she's slacks smelling like stuff out of her. i don't know she just doesn't her hair is wet i don't know right like she doesn't care yeah i wrote down homely girl uh, eats carbs and takes public transit <laughs> right. while the other girls are not eating. Don't eat. And they're taking like limos. Or, and cabs or at uh, least, right? Yeah. yeah. But she's taking public transit. And she's eating a, she's eating yeah. a bagel. Gross. <laughs> um, the, the panic of Meryl Streep coming in, the panic of the boss coming in. She right. wasn't supposed to come at this time. No. Everyone is running around. It is complete chaos. And when she like enters i understand because you said before like get ready for meryl streep to be like she's gonna blow your socks off and not that she didn't but she did have this incredible aura yeah about her like she just oozes this like bitchy i'm in i'm a boss woman you know like not in a bad way bitchy but just like i own this place kind of thing right and everything she's always like She'll name like five things that she wants done. Yeah. And, and and it's just like, call this person and get this and then do this. And I want my coffee and I want my steak here and I want this. And, oh, can you call over and do this? And I don't know how. Remember, I was like, I already forgot the first one she said. I would be terrible at that job. <laughs> I was going to write it. I was going to write down one of the things she said, but I didn't want to pressure you like yeah. that to remember. Yeah. Um, she also says, that's all. That's all. When she lists 10 different things and just that's all. And the way she does it, she goes, that's all. Like, or I can't even do it. Like, like it's she, almost like that's it. Like, like go away. It's, it's only that. Yeah. Like, go just do that. Just go now. 
uh yeah emily blunt the fellow assistant we get stanley tucci yeah who is like a boss but also kind of more of a mentor like, to Anne Hathaway. yeah and he's like fr- he's she he is the only one that i think miranda Priestley actually respects like he she doesn't speak to him the way she speaks to anybody else like they have a they have a core friendship i find mm-hmm. but but the first time she meets Anne hathaway because she's like who's this like literally in front of her she's like who is this calls Anne Hathaway into her office and basically just is like, you have no fashion sense and you have, you have no idea who I am. You don't know what runway is. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I don't, but I'll work hard and I'll learn or whatever. Right. But everyone's pretty mean to her. Like they're all like, who is this girl? But it is a fish out of water. Like you're working for a top magazine in quotes, like it's fake, but you know, like it is supposed to be the top. It's supposed to be like Vogue. That's what it's supposed to be. And if you are huge into fashion, like you're showing up with like tweed, like skirts and like boxy shoes on and like a sweater vest type. Like, yeah, that's I can see they don't have to be that mean, but people people are going to judge you for that. Yeah. Um, they say about 15 times that millions of girls would kill for yes, her job. Yes, they do. But it is good because then Stanley Tucci has that conversation with her about like, you're not really trying. Yeah. You're just complaining about this job, but... If you want to be good at it, actually try. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why I just wrote Meryl Streep. I don't know why I didn't write it before, but one of my notes is just Meryl Streep. Well, it's just Meryl Streep. Um, they do a montage when she's trying to figure when she starts to figure. No, I don't remember what this mon. I, oh, this is a montage of her stuff's getting thrown at her and she's just trying to figure out the job and she right. doesn't know who to call and the, yeah she'll be like get so-and-so on the phone and she doesn't know who that is and when Meryl Streep walks in she just throws her like jacket and coat on the desk and is and then she just starts rhyming all the stuff she needs it's like it's a little intense for sure yeah um so Anne Hathaway goes out for dinner with her dad and Meryl Streep calls her and says, you know, I need to get home. I'm in Miami. I need to get back to New York tonight. My daughters have a recital. In the yeah. Morning. And she's like, yeah, none of the flights are going out. There's some <laughs> weather thing. It's just like I, she's like, I don't know what the big deal is. It's like a small weather thing. And you look out the window and you could see trees blowing everywhere. It's, like it's a, raining sideways. It's a hurricane. A hurricane. A full hurricane. And then it's great because she's running around like. And Hathaway's running around trying to get her a flight back. She's calling all the, like, airports. And then I'm pretty sure it's Meryl Streep that says, like, call, uh, get Donatella's, yeah. like, plane. Which I love that she's like, yeah, just get Donatella like, Versace's plane. I don't understand. What's the problem? Like, figure this out for me. This is your jo- And she's like, this is your job. Yeah. So do it, right? Uh, ends up not, not working out. That's when she thinks she's getting fired. That's when she goes talk- to talk to Stanley Tucci and gives her this pep talk of, and then even takes her into, like, the closet, I guess, and gets her oh, clothes. That closet. Oh, my God. I just got shivers all over my body. I'm not even huge into fashion, but that is a fun closet to be in. Like, whatever. I mean, the whole time, all they talk about is her weight. Yeah, she's a size six. Six. And that is, like... Si- I mean, you might as well be obese. Because, yeah, Stanley <laughs> Tucci goes through that, like, size two is the new zero. zero. And then size six is, like, a size 12 or something, <laughs> or, like, a size 14. Right. yeah. Which it's just terrible. It's uh, terrible. Giselle Bunchen is in this. Yes, she yeah. gets her hand in acting. Not her, much. They don't no, care much no. to do. No, no. Her and Emily Blunt are our like, best friends, I guess, and they're both mean to Anne Hathaway's character. And and that's when we get uh, the fashion montage where she's now she's figuring it out. Yeah. She's starting to get good at her job, 
and they do an incredible job editing this. This is film nerd quarter at mm-hmm. its finest where she's in all these outfits and she'll go like past a pillar and it'll be a different outfit to kind of show how she's getting getting to know the fashion world a lot better. Yeah. It was probably my favorite part. Nice. Because it was just so like once they did it once, I'm like, oh, they're just going to keep doing it. And right. they roll through about seven or eight outfits of just getting out of cabs, going through doors, all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, her friends and her boyfriend are Ooh. terribly unsupportive. Terrible. And I don't, I don't know if I'm going to end up on the wrong side of this, but like at the very end, she makes a choice and I just vehemently yeah. disagree with the decision mm-hmm. she made. Right. We, we could talk about that, but her friends, uh, they're out for dinner and she gets a call and then their friends start throwing her phone around yeah. instead of letting her answer the call from her boss. Yeah. Because th- at first she is making fun of it and she's just like, they do a toast of like, uh, for jobs that pay the rent. Yeah. Because yes. at first she doesn't care, but then she starts to care. And one of the friends is actually really supportive. He's yeah, like really he's, into fashion. Yeah. And he's like telling her how big of a deal this is. And he's like, Oh my God. Like talking to her about like purses and you know, stuff like that. Right. And she gives everyone presents. And that's when the one, the one friend, I can't remember their names, yeah. but gives her a bag. Yeah. And she's like, Oh my God, this is new. It's unreleased. And then, she, then she's not going to make fun of her because she just gave her a bag. I know. Yeah. It's like it's very material. Bit- when the other friend, like the guy, like not even her boyfriend is like really sportive and like, Oh, I got presents. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I just want to look at it. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He isn't like, ooh, gimme, gimme. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then there's there's this book, mm-hmm. which has every... It's basically the Bible of Runway. Yeah, which, for the month. Yeah, for, for that next... Whatever the next issue would right. be. And before, it's Emily, Emily Blunt's job. And it's very specific directions. You grab her dry cleaning. You put it in this closet. Or you put it in the closet. The closet by the stairs. By the stairs, which there's three. Yeah. Which is always a fun a fun game to play. <laughs> right. And then you put the book on the table with the flowers, in which there's three or four different tables At with least. flowers. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway gets this responsibility because... It's a big deal. Yeah. It was only Emily Blunt's job because Meryl Streep didn't trust anyone else. And she said, maybe if you're not a psycho, yeah. once she figures out you're not a, a psycho, psycho so maybe you... she'll let you do it. Yeah. And she does, and she even says, like, oh, I guess I'm not, not a, psycho. a psycho. And she gets there, and she's standing there with the dry cleaning, and she's looking at all these doors. She's looking at all the tables of flowers because she's trying to figure out what to do first. And Meryl Streep's kids are at the top of the stairs and go, oh, well, just uh, it's the left closet. Mm-hmm. I put it in the far left closet. She's like, oh, okay, and they start talking to her, but that was the thing. You don't look at no, her. You're you don't invisible. talk to anybody. So she's like, Shh, stop talking, stop talking. And mm. they just keep on talking, and she's like, stop it. <laughs> um. And then eventually she kind of half walks in on an argument between her and her husband. Mm -hmm. And then she just leaves the book at the top of the stairs and runs away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As she's she's slowly becoming the lead assistant Mm -hmm. because that was Emily Blunt's thing is she wants she wants. Well, I guess she doesn't necessarily she wants to move up. Yeah. She doesn't want to be the first assistant anymore. Right. And slowly Anne Hathaway is getting more and more responsibilities, a responsibility that includes getting uh there's like a whole list of things which includes the seventh harry potter book which funny enough at this time unpublished unpublished so she said i want you to get because i want my girls to have it they were going on a train and she's like i want them to have it by three o'clock today and it was like whatever seven six whatever eight a.m in the morning so she has to figure figure all this out and then there's christian thompson i don't know what his real name is but yeah simon baker i think 
and so then they have like kind of a flirty yeah. relationship yeah and he manages to find her the book and she's so confident to the point where she says she goes to Meryl Streep and says oh yeah here's the Harry Potter thing she's like oh what is this like this I, it, oh she my said, twin's gonna have to share yeah and she goes oh no your twins already have them and i put a fresh cover on it so it doesn't look like a manuscript, manuscript. and she was just on it and yeah. that's that's her moment of like this girl has figured it out yeah yeah and then she kind of she grabs her starbucks spins around and she goes that's all like she's just like damn she got me mm-hmm. like right because she is she was trying to break her with that specific well she was because she said if you can't do it you're you're done better not better but better to not come back yeah so she figures it out and that's where she like half quits and like calls her boyfriend adrian grenier uh yes i don't it could be americanized but that's yeah. just how i'll say it's like oh i'm quitting there's no point i can't find this book and then she gets that call from christian thompson of like oh guess what i'm, I'm the best it. guy in the world yeah and, and you have one hour he gives it they meet in a bar and he's like you have one hour and so she gets it all done mm-hmm um and he is adrian grenier just such a supportive loving boyfriend he's being very sarcastic he is terrible he's like, terrible he doesn't because it, because anne hathaway originally made fun of it this is just what i didn't understand once she was trying trying and like, and or, like enjoying it yeah then he just started being pouty yeah and well because she missed things and she was late and you know, she always, was very job oriented. Yeah, but it's like, but that's what you're supposed to be in your twenties. If you're if you're striving for something in thirties or whatever it is, but if you're striving for something and she knows this is what she has to do, and she's obviously liking it, or she would have quit. Yeah. So, and if you're in a good relationship, your partner is going to support you for sure. They are going to understand that you're doing this for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Because working working a year at Runway, you could get any job you wanted. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to... I don't know if I wrote that. So she misses his birthday, mm-hmm. which I understand being upset about that. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, that sucks. But she got invited to this like gala thing. So it was a big deal that she didn't think she was going to have to go to. And you have to memorize all the people that were going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so Emily you, Blunt is sick. Yeah, so that's why she brings Anne Hathaway. And so she's like... You have so they hand two binders full of like pictures of people, and you have to memorize who they are so that you can whisper to Meryl Streep who they are, so she looks like she knows everyone. Yeah, um, she says she's talking to Stanley Tucci about her social life is hanging on by a thread, Mm -hmm. and he says, "You know what? When it blows up, let me know because that means it's time for a promotion." Yeah, which it it definitely blows up. It definitely does. So she also gets the chance. So she's leaving to go to the party. She's done everything she needed to do with Meryl Streep and she's leaving. There's Christian Thompson again. And he says, you know, my editor for like, I don't think it's called the New Yorker, but but it's it's like New York magazine. Yeah. But that's what it's meant to be. The big New York. Yeah. Her, his editors inside. And and he's like, you know, you sent me all these pieces. I didn't read all of them because there was a lot, but you should come in and meet them. Yeah. And again, this was a decision she chooses not to because she says, well, I need to be there for my boyfriend and his birthday. But I think most people would be like, if I did that, I think my girlfriend would be upset Mad. with me for not yeah, taking, taking that, that opportunity. That is a big advantage he's handing you on a silver platter. And you're like, no, I have to go see my boyfriend. Like, go another day and celebrate his birthday. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. Like, and it's not like you have to stay with that editor for the next 10 hours. Yeah. Like, just go meet them. Get, just meet them. Put a, a face-to-face. Uh, interaction you know? of some kind. Then what if they say, let's meet for lunch or send me your stuff? Like, that is a huge opportunity she missed because her boyfriend was a big baby. Mm-hmm. 
um, then Fashion Week, which is all Emily Blunt cares about. Paris. She hasn't been eating. Yeah. And she's one flew away from <laughs> get her goal weight or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she says. And then Meryl Streep informs her that she's actually going instead of Emily. You know, yeah. Emily got sick. She calls her like a cesspool at one point yeah, or something yeah. like that. And then Emily, and I just wrote, she dead ass gets hit by a car. Yeah, she's picking up stuff and she's trying to run and she's got, they're always running. Yeah. They're always running. Running in heels nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. And she like breaks her leg and then Anne Hathaway has to tell her, by the way, you're not going to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was, yeah. And then before she leaves for Paris, she goes on a break with her boyfriend. Yeah. None of her friends like her. She goes to like an art gala for one of her friends and Christian Thompson's there and like kisses her on the cheek. And then that is just... I, I don't know this Andy anymore. Yeah. So the Andy I know that's in love with her boyfriend. and It was so dramatic. It, it really was. Again, not very supportive friends. Um, then during Fashion Week, she, you get to go to all these shows. And then uh, she gets a tip from Christian Thompson that they are replacing Miranda. Mm-hmm. That they're replacing Meryl Streep. Yeah. And that they're going to bring this other girl in and that he knows that because he's going to work there at yeah. runway and she's like running around and she's trying, she's to, trying find to warn that this is going to happen yeah and they go to this luncheon yeah. kind of thing yeah and she makes an announcement Meryl be- Streep Meryl Streep because before it was that uh another designer isn't James Holt is that a real real thing I don't know it sounds like a real designer it does but great name. James Holt was another another character. He was in at one point where they were showing off the designs, which is where they go through the Meryl Streep, like the faces to know whether or not it's good. One nod is good. Two nods is really good. good. But if she purses her purses lips, her lips, that means no. Oh, boy, no. And then he, James Holt even sees her do that. And he just tells the model to go back and yeah. they have to change their whole the whole line just because she did that. Yeah. So the nigel stanley tucci was told james hold is go they're going international and they need a partner and i'm gonna go be that partner yeah and then meryl street makes an announcement that it's actually going to be the girl that was going to take over for runway that's going to partner with james Holt. yeah so stanley tucci sitting there with ann hathaway thinking oh this is going to be an announcement meryl street is saying my esteemed colleague and mm-hmm. you think it's going to be him him and yeah. it just screws him over so he's in he bef- told Anne Hathaway they had some champagne. They were celebrating that yeah. he was going to get to move on. Yeah. But I think it's also like obviously it it does suck for Stanley Tucci because he he gets screwed in that way. But it also showed that Meryl Streep didn't want to lose him. Well, it that does. she probably knew that yeah. it was going to be him. But she doesn't want to actually say those words. So instead, she kind of does this like plan. Yeah, this roundabout way or whatever. Um. Then she's faced with this decision. Do you, if and Anna or Meryl Streep tells her, you know, I see a lot of you in me, mm-hmm. and that's always the biggest compliment you could get from the higher up person. Yeah. And she then they're in a limo, like going to this, and she's like, "You have a decision to make. If you want to be this, be in this. You can do it." Yeah. And she walks away. She walks away. She and throws her phone in the fountain and just keeps on walking. Yeah. And I, I really think she should have stayed because I think it was just too typical of the movie. And that was right. just my, it's my biggest problem with it. It was just so good that I just, I wanted her to commit. Right. Be in it. Yeah. Because I, 
I mean, if the story kept going, I think she would have realized her friends aren't supportive. Yeah. Her boyfriend isn't supportive, which she goes back to. And um, he tells her about the new job he got, a sous chef job in Boston, in which they went on a break, but there was no conversation. It was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to Boston together. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Even though then she interviews for another job, in which Meryl Streep leaves the message of like she was the biggest disappointment ever and you would be an idiot not to hire her. Yeah. Again, the roundabout way of getting right, because she's not going to say like, "Oh my God, she's the best assistant I've ever had," right? Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, she just gets back together with her boyfriend, and I think it's the fate, not fatal flaw, because I did really enjoy the movie. Yeah, yeah. But it just, I, I wish they threw I, that curveball instead of just. And do you think if that movie was made nowadays? It would be different because I feel like it would because yeah. I think now we're celebrating more like women choosing what makes them happy and not because of a boy or whatever or a relationship or something. Right. So I think that it would be I think it would be different. I think it'd be a different conversation if it was remade. I would love. I mean, I don't want it ever remade because no. there's no way. I, w- I would love to ask even the director, any of the actors, if they think that movie should be different. Like, now. Yeah. again, not remaking it now, but. Do you think it would have, it would have been like, it's already a great movie, but like it would have been more of a trailblazing of like, don't make decisions for other people, make it for you because she was good at that job and she would have been great. Yeah. My, one of my favorite parts though is when it ends and she calls Emily and she's like, I have, I have a favor and she's like, Oh, I've already done so much for you. And she goes, well, I have all these clothes from Paris and I'm just wondering, and I have nowhere to wear them. I'm just wondering if you could take them off my hands. And she's like, well, I'd have to take them all in or whatever, but like, I guess I could do that. But meanwhile, it's like, it was such a nice thing, but yeah. it was just cute. It was just a cute way for them to kind of end. And even while she's in the middle of like, well, actually when Anne Hathaway's like good at fashioning, uh, she says to Stanley Tucci that she's a size four now yeah, as yeah. opposed to a size six. I know. Well, it's because all the running they do, it's all they do is run around. And so you probably need those carbs. Yeah. So it's good. Mm-hmm. I good. did really enjoy it. Good. I'm glad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick a movie that I didn't think you would enjoy. You know that. I do. But I had I had lower expectations, but I genuinely enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. Do you need a pen? I hate when I don't have a pen up here. It's okay. I don't really need one. That's okay. You can borrow my pencil. No, that's okay. Don't worry. Oh, there's a pen right here. There. Oh, yay! Good. Thank you. All right stream theater dvd okay and what's your theory on it the best one is stream stream because you can, can watch, just it watch it as anytime much as possible and theaters like i don't know i'm okay because theater i think it depends on the movies you get because there's there could be a movie you think is better but you think it'd be a better theater experience exactly okay so that's what i was thinking too because sometimes it's like you love the movie but you want to see it on a big screen and the loud and the whatever right yeah you can rationale any of the three for like what you like yeah okay who's going first you okay my first one again. My I have a theme to this one. I just picked directors and okay, three of their it. movies. My first one is the Coen Brothers. Okay. So you got Fargo, mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. and The Big Lebowski. Ooh, fuck. Okay. Um, Fargo, No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. I feel is such a great movie, but it isn't one I would want to watch again and again. So I'm gonna go DVD for that one. Interesting. I just guessed right now. Um, 
God, I love both of those other movies. I think I want the big the Big Lebowski on stream because I just want to be able to watch that one whenever I want. I did really like Fargo, but I think the Big Lebowski is a bit better for me. So I guess theater for Fargo. Mm-hmm. That is not what I guessed. I I was gonna say No Country for Old Men in the theaters. Like, it would be a really good theater movie. That is true. But then I don't really want Fargo as DVD. I don't know. It's hard because they're so different. Like, for me, No Country for Old Men, I've watched it, like, probably two or three times now. I don't think I would ever watch it again. I think it's, like, such a good movie. But, yeah, you never know. I might. Woody's in it. <laughs> I love me, my Woody. Um, my first category is Matt Damon. So, The Martian, Good Will Hunting, Born Identity. Um, okay, right off the bat, I would sorry, Born Identity. The Born Identity. Okay, yeah. Uh, Born Identity. I'll do theater because I would love to see that in the theater. I think Born movies are made for that. Um, Goodwill Hunting and The Martian. Mm-hmm. The other two. That's hard. Um, I think as much I would say I like Goodwill Hunting more, but I think I would. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll stream Goodwill Hunting DVD, The Martian. Yeah. That's a good one, though. Like, that, those are two it really is. good. Once I had the theater out of the way, that's a... Because I actually had The Martian on my list when we did... When I was just doing um, comfort movies, I actually had that one on there for a minute, a hot minute. And then I took it off, but... Because I do like The Martian. I think it's really well done. Sebastian stands in it, too, just FYI. Uh, my next category, I... Oh. No. Nope, I did that one. My next director. Director? Is Steven Spielberg. Okay. And we're going heavy with the Steven Spielberg. We got Jaws. Okay. Schindler's List. Oh, shit. And Saving Private Ryan. Oh, my God. Because I looked at it and I'm like, I could do like E.T. Jurassic World. That's totally what I was expecting. I'm like, E.T. Okay. Curveball. There you go. Jaws. What is it? Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Okay, okay. Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan. I think I'm Jaws. I'm putting on DVD. I don't need to see that on big screen, and I don't need to watch it all the time. So I'm gonna put Jaws on DVD. Now it's just between those two. I think I would do Schindler's List as stream. And I would do Saving Private Ryan on theater just because I think for the theater experience. Just for the opening sequence. Just the opening sequence on that big theater, whatever. And it is such a good movie. I mean, even though it's a war movie and those ones are usually hard for me, it is such a good movie. I really like Schindler's List too, though. But again, those are both really heavy movies. Yeah. I don't think you need Schindler's List on a big screen, though. No. No. Like, I think it's just a, yeah. So I think I'm good with that. That's pretty early in our top 100. It was. Oh, now it's my turn. It is your turn. Okay. My is is called Kids. Okay. Toy Story. Spy Kids. Monsters University. Uh, The first Spy Kids? Yes. Okay. Uh, Because we were watching the fourth one the other day, and that was bad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I never see it, saw it in theaters, so I'm going to say uh, Toy Story in theaters. Okay. 
because I've watched it enough. Just yeah. like a couple times. A few? Yeah. Like under five. Yeah. I, that, that might even be high. Yeah, yeah. Um, Monsters University and Spy Kids. I will probably stream Spy Kids and DVD Monsters University. Okay. Because I would be okay with owning that. Not what? that I wouldn't be okay with owning Spy Kids, but. Yeah. Oh, no. We just watched Spy Kids the other day, Dad and I. Because I was going to go to the dentist and it was on and I was like, I want to watch this because it makes me feel b- better watching the kids. Because it just reminds me of when you guys were kids and we used to always watch it. Yeah. Remember I used to set up stuff around the house that you guys were spies and stuff and you had to do all these like games and I made you little cards that said you were spies and I don't know. Just well, reminded me. It was nostalgic. So yeah, I would definitely go back and watch them, especially the second one. Like, yeah. the second one is the one I don't remember, but I just remembered, like, Steve Buscemi's in it. Right. There's, like, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and, yeah. A volcano. Yeah, I do remember that one. Um. Okay, my next director is David Fincher. Uh-oh. Okay. So, again, we're going heavy. Yeah. Fight Club, mm-hmm. Seven, Shit. and Gone Girl. Oh, my God. Mm. Seven. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I think I'm going to go Fight Club in the theater because I just think it'd be the best theater experience because yep. it's like such a good movie. Did you see that in the theaters? I don't think I did. I don't remember because it came out in 94, right? I don't think I did. Um, I don't think I would have appreciated it at that age either. I'm not as like, I think I'm more, I think I'm more appreciated it when I got older, like a little bit, like 25. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so Fight Club in the theater. Okay. Now you got Seven and Gone Girl. I feel like I would watch Gone Girl over Seven, but I want... Like, I feel like it was like, if you gave me a choice, Gone Girl's an easier watch. Yeah. So, you know, like, I'd be like, let's stream. It'd be You'd watch it more often. Yeah, because, like... Seven is a heavy movie. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. But it's a, to me, it's a better movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's wrong. But I don't think it has to be the better movie for you to watch it more. Right. I think it's just more what you would, yeah. So I think I would stream Gone Girl, but Seven, and I just want to say out of those three movies, I do think Seven is the, the best movie. Interesting. Yeah. But I just feel like Fight Club would be better on the screen. And seven, I don't need to see all that stuff bigger. No, yeah, no gluttony fight, and fight right? club. Fight club is definitely the theater. Theater is the easy. That was the slam dunk pick. Those two, you could go either way on the other. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm gonna go stream Gone Girl because it's still a good movie. It just yeah. Seven isn't one I could just be like, let's pop this fun movie in. Yeah, no. It's funny enough that Gone Girl isn't a light movie, but to me, if it was on, I'd be like, oh cool, Gone Girl's on. I'll just watch it. Yeah. Because again, I think I've I've seen it quite a few times. That like again, I could jump into it and be like, okay, cool, we're at this part. Exactly. You could you like watch it from a different perspective. Yeah, and then you might pick up on other things and stuff like that. Actually, the book was really good. It's a little bit better than the movie, but the movie was still good. Ah, uh, see, I've. If, it depends on the book, but like that book movie argument, I think it, everyone says it a little too like simply that it's mm. just always the book is better than the movie. See, and I disagree. I don't think it always is. No, but it's also a lot easier to put more in a book. Well, for sure. And you're getting more of their thoughts and you're getting more, right? With 
a movie, you're just you gotta go. You just like yeah, and you don't know what they're thinking. It's almost like you're. It's it's almost like a book is more like a TV show where yeah. the TV show has more time to breathe. Right. You have ten hours as opposed to two. Yes. Hopefully it's two. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Ready? Yep. My next category is teen. Teen. Okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Classic. Lady Bird. Ten things I hate about you. Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think about what I would want to see. You know what? Again, because it, it's an older one and I never saw it in the theater, I would see Ferris Bueller in the theater because, mm-hmm. again, I've watched it enough where now I actually want to watch it like without commercials. Right. Because that's <laughs> how I've watched it like the last few times outside of like what? Because again, if it's on TV, I'll just watch it. Oh, for sure. Uh, Lady Bird and what was the other one? Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Thing. Okay. I'll stream 10 Things I Hate About You mm-hmm. and DVD Lady Bird. Nice. It's not the way I thought you were going to go. I like it. Keeping me on my toes. <laughs> All right. My fourth. We're kind of we're rolling through yeah, this. Yeah, I like it, though. It's good. Uh, I have to throw one of, like, the four female directors we have out there. Mm-hmm. We got Catherine Bigelow. Yay. So we've got po- Point Break, Kay. The Hurt Locker, and Zero Dark Thirty. I didn't know she directed Point Break, which I, I know we did a you did yeah a, I did a deep dive IMD, on her and I just because yeah. I was rolling because I was like clicking on movies I'm like oh she was a part of this and I click on it, it's directed by someone else so I'm like oh so she just wrote I don't want to say just wrote but yeah yeah she yeah. was a writer on it but those yeah I wanted to stick to movies they directed so Point Break, The Hurt Locker, and Zero Dark Thirty. Oh my god, that's so hard. Okay. I also want to say the while you're while you you can think and I will talk. The David Fincher one I got. Why well, I guessed before you started saying them. Yeah. That one I got right. Okay. That you would theater fight club DVD seven and stream Gone Girl. I don't think I got any of the other ones right. Okay, I think I'm trying to think between I Point Break would be really good in the theaters because it's like surfing movie and so that'd be great to see that, but. I would really like to see the Hurt Locker on big screen because like the way she, you know, when like there's like a movement, the way she films it, like seeing like remember there's something off in the sand and the way it like vibrates and and then Zero Dark Thirty is Jessica Chastain. Isn't that Chris Pratt too? Oh, is it? I'm pretty sure because it's like that's the like team that Osama bin Laden. I will. I will okay. that up as you're thinking. Okay, I as think, you're... I think I'm gonna go Hurt Locker in the theater. Yep. Uh, I want both of them in the theater. Mm, nope. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go Zero Dark Thirty stream because I any chance I can watch Jessica Chastain, I will take it. And then I'll go point break on dvd i haven't seen that movie in so long though it might be different if it was like fresher in my head because it's like patrick swayze kenny reeves surfing he's like an undercover cop such a good movie um i'm gonna say i got that right and then i'll also i'm gonna roll through zero dark 30 cast very quickly because there are quite a few names here kyle chandler jessica chastain jason clark kyle chandler joel edgerton uh chris pratt Mark and Jeremy Strong, James Gandolfini, Taylor mm. Kinney, Mark Duplass. Um, that is about it for like big names. But even those, those few, I've, 
I watched that movie, but I don't know if I got the like full appreciation mm-hmm. of it. Same with The Hurt Locker. Like those are two movies where it's I watched them, but I don't think I think to me there's an age. And I think I was maybe around like 17 or 18 when yeah. I started like this is like I don't want to say like cared about movies, but like this is when I like appreciated the art of movies. For sure. I would say definitely go back and watch those movies. I can always give it to you as a challenge. I already have my movie picked up for next week, so it won't be this week. <laughs> But if you do want to, those are uh, some excellent movies. Like, I just think she's so brilliant in her choices. And, yeah, she really creates a scene. Like, you you feel it in your bones. And I think either of those in a theater, like Zero Dark Thirty or Hurt Locker, would be great. But I think Zero Dark Thirty to be able to watch any time. I also think pick. Zero Dark Thirty, from what I remember of it, wouldn't be... No, I don't want to say the greatest yeah, theater experience, no, but the Hurt Locker is more like these explosion tense and, scenes. Yeah, and, it's funny because I know a lot of people that didn't like the Hurt Locker. I thought it was so well done because I thought she built the suspense like so well and it was so intriguing to me. But I can see why people wouldn't like I could see people being like, this is boring. But if you're not appreciating what is in front of you, I can see why you wouldn't like it. Right? Yeah. You'd be like, hey, like just walk faster or something. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's when you're supposed to feel what that character feels and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Oof, that was a hard one. I knew you were going to, as soon as you told me it was directors, I was like, oh, he's going to have Catherine Bigelow in there. And there's still one more. Uh-oh. Okay. My next is a director, Adam McKay. Love me, Adam McKay. I know. Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Uh, no. Okay. Don't Look Up, The Big Short, and Vice. Ooh. Um think funny enough we saw both of the big short and vice in theaters mm-hmm. i like the big short better so i'm gonna stream the big short um it's hard when you haven't seen one sorry i guess i should have picked a different one but. no it's okay because i there's enough about it that i know i think i would see I think I would see Don't Look Up in theaters. Yeah, I was going to say. DVD Vice. As much as I did like it, it just, the big short to me is the better movie because that's what it came down to was those two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll see. Actually, Don't Don't Look Up would be pretty good in the theater because it's like. Especially that, not that no one got to see it in the theater, but because it was a Netflix release. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I like to take advantage of situations that don't exist. (laughs) All right. My last director. Last one. Do you have a guess of who it might be? Oh, I don't. Um, Oh, Quentin Tarantino. Our good old buddy, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, God. So you've got Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. And what's the third movie that you just wouldn't want to see there? Um, Oh, gosh. I can't even think right now. Um, Glorious Bastards. Oh, um, Django. Django Unchained. Um, do you see any of these three in theaters I think I saw Pulp Fiction in the theaters and I remember being like what is this what is (laughs) happening it must have been I would love to like time machine go back to 1994 and watch it with everyone because I'm sure at the time nothing like that had ever been done yeah so we're like, this is the end. This is the beginning. What is happening? There's people ODing. There's this. There's he's dead, but he's. Well, I saw him die, and now he's just there. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, why are they in this basement? <laughs> that is the weirdest. Like it just. It almost feels like a cutscene from the movie. Like that it shouldn't be there, but it does yeah. connect enough characters to make sense. I know it's crazy. Um. Okay. Well, out of those three. 
And Glorious Bastards is one I would watch more. Yeah. Which I know is shocking. Most people would say Pulp Fiction. And I think for the time, Pulp Fiction, I probably even had it on my top 10 list because it was just one of those movies that just blew me away. But out of those three movies, I would watch Inglorious Bastards over those other two more often. So I'm going to stream that one. Mm-hmm. I really love Django because I love Christoph Waltz so much. But then it's Pulp Fiction. Like, that's your, like, it's so iconic. Pulp Fiction. But I already saw it in the theater. Yeah, that's true. So I could go Django. But then Pulp Fiction on DVD? Ooh. That seems like a slap in the face. <laughs> but I guess one of them is going to be. Yeah. Because they're all great movies. Okay, well, I'm happy with my decision with. And Glorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. I would say that as much as I love it, I think I would love to see it in the theater. What? And Glorious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. But I'm, again, it's, it's your choice. I, I, yeah. there's, no, there's no wrong logic with these three because you can rationale any, any which way. Any which way. Yeah. The only reason I say stream is because then I can watch it whenever I want, which if you're in a theater, you have to go by their time. Uh, I'm going to go Pulp Fiction in a theater. I just think big screen. See it again in the theater. Yeah. I don't like having Django on DVD, but one of them has to be. They're all three like classics. So what do you do? Yeah. I don't like you. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. My last category. Yep. Michael B. Jordan. Creed. Mm Mm-hmm. Black Panther. Fruitvale Station. Oh, Oh, Fruitvale Station was one of the most like devastating Oof, movies right? ever. Again, that was one of those first movies I watched, and I really started caring. And I'm like, oh my god, this is yeah. such an awful, like such a true great, story, great movie, terrible yeah. story. Um, I would. It's hard with Creed and Black Panther yeah. though. The theater. I think I would watch Black Panther in the theater again. Mm-hmm. I really I really enjoyed that and I think it's not that it's not as good on a smaller screen but I think especially like the music and the little like the noise that like repeats throughout was just really good in the theater and then I'll stream Creed because I I love Fruitvale Station but it's one of those movies I loved it but I yeah. couldn't watch it you not would, that I couldn't watch it again but, but like you can't it watch have, it like again and again whereas yeah, Creed you, you could, could toss on you just give us a, a little montage and we're in yeah even the second one the second one has like it's not as good of a movie but the montage is better because that's when they're in the desert way better we loved that montage but yeah the movie itself Creed is better I can't believe they're making a third one. I don't know how they're going to do the same like plot again. Even the second one I thought was kind of a reach. And again, big Michael B. Jordan guy. Totally. But I don't know what you do with the third one. Yeah, I agree. Like he's a world champion. He's got a baby now. He's married. Like just let it be. You know, just maybe it'll be like they're trying to get him to quit. Maybe. Maybe gets a concussion or something. Yeah, it could be like a serious, maybe like injury, rehab, recovery, and then... Then it's a montage of that. And then all the other boxers are like, he could never come back. No. And then everyone Get goes, yeah, the... don't come back. And then yeah. he's going to be like, no, I'm coming back. I'm going to do one more. Yeah, one more championship fight, and then I'm done. And he dies. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Before Rocky. I'm, I was terrified Rocky was going to die in the second one. Yeah, I know. Eek. Good old Sylvester. That was good. That was, that was really fun. We had some good ones. We were worried we wouldn't be able to think of like new ideas, but we managed. We did. There's lots of movies out there. 
All right. So next week, you already have it decided. I have the two movies decided that are similar, and I will give you not a description even. I'll just... They're both apocalypse movies. Okay. One of them is funny, and one of them is not. Oh, okay. Not, like, scary, but, like, one of them is serious. One of them is more funny. I think I'm going to go serious, because I just did dodgeball. So I think I'm going to go more serious. So you might have already seen this, but The Day After Tomorrow? I have not. Okay, so it's Dennis Quaid, and it is, like, the world is, like, frozen over or something. It's on uh, Disney. Okay. It's a a movie I watched in high school. I'm interested to see how it holds up. Okay. Um, I would like you to watch Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. Well, Zendaya, it, it's like a, it's like a play. It's aren't they like in the one spot the whole time? Yeah, it's just literally those two characters. It's in black and white. It's and it's uh, Sam, Sam Levinson. Yeah, the guy from Euphoria. So I just um, I just want you to watch it so we can talk about it. I might watch it with you too, maybe depending when you watch it. But yeah. who knows? Yeah, busy, 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 busy. Now that you're a working, working boy, yeah. man. All right, well, Casey, you got anything else? I got nothing else. All right, then besides that, we will see you next time. Bye.